the last verse. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord out of his God, out of the fish's belly, and said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. For thou hadst cast me into the deep, in the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about, and all thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet will I look again toward thy holy temple. The waters compassed me about, even to the soul. The depth closed me round about. The weeds were wrapped around my head, about my head. I went down to the bottom of the mountains. The earth with her bars were about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer came unto thee, unto thine holy temple. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. I'm sure most of you are very acquainted with the story. So God gave Jonah a job to do, and he went in the opposite direction from what God bid him to do. And he got on a ship going to Tarshish. God sent out a great wind on the sea. It looked like they were going to sink. They lightened the ship. They cast out the tackling. And finally, by uh, Jonah's own words, what would calm the sea? For them to cast Jonah out. And they did. And the Bible said that they did cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from her raging. And the men, looks like they were pagans, they prayed unto their gods, is what the Bible says. But the Lord had prepared a fish for Jonah. And you know, I'd like to just think about this. If you could think about it with me. Prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. So that word there, the Lord had prepared, it means appointed. And you think about that He prepared this with a purpose. This fish was prepared with a purpose. Now, this might not be all of it, but to swallow Jonah, but yet preserve Jonah, to bring Jonah to a place that he would pray, to bring Jonah to a place of affliction, to bring Jonah to a place where he would be overwhelmed, a place that he would absolutely have no hope whatsoever. Now you might say, well, that's because Jonah was disobedient. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been disobedient? But you know, I could see this in salvation too. I could see how that God brings man to a place of great affliction. He brings man to a place of suffering. To a place that he gets to where he is willing to pray. To pray a place of great affliction. 
and a place, uh, he said, when I fainted. The word, uh, he, he means this, to be overwhelmed. When my soul fainted, a place of dizziness, it's really a place, the word means to be covered over or covered itself. You know, I could say this. You know, I saw a man, and, and what he's talking about is like a glaze that comes over the mind or a glaze that comes over the eyes right before someone passes out. So Jonah comes to that place by the workings of God. So let's walk down through this. The Lord, now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And you know, uh, scientists say a whale, uh, it says a whale in the King James Version over in the book of Matthew, but they say that a whale can't swallow a man. The throat's not big enough. A shark probably wouldn't swallow a man, would, would probably chew him all to pieces. But God prepared a fish. God prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. What's going to happen afterward? There's going to be a resurrection. There's going to be a resurrection by what we read here, a man that has come to the point of death. So Jonah, listen to how the Bible says this. Then, verse, last verse of chapter 1, Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. Now you know... Jonah is a man that is in absolute disobedience, isn't he? He is. There's no way around it. But God, the Word says that Jonah prayed. And he did. He did pray. He did pray. In absolute disobedience, in, 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 a, in a situation where he went against God knowingly, willingly, and with no remorse whatsoever. But the Bible said, Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord, His God, is He still His God? By the Word of God, He still belongs to God. He's still God's servant. And though he's in disobedience, God has not done away with him. We're going to look down through here, and he's going to be, by his own words, he's going to be cast out of God's sight. I believe that's the way he's feeling. And, and you know, I believe he could say it like this, that he brought that upon himself. But I tell you that God, three days... Now, isn't it something that a man is living, that a man is able to breathe, however that may be, I don't know how that is, that is in the stomach of a great fish, he's breathing, he's thinking, he's reasoning, and he is praying out of the belly of hell. Out of the belly of the grave, out of the belly of a certain death, Jonah is praying. And, 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 and said, I cried. Now notice, the next two or three verses is all past tense. I said, 
and said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and He heard me out of the belly of hell. Again, that word there, it means the grave or at a place of death. So Jonah is in a place of certain death. You know, if he doesn't come out of here, he is going to die, isn't he? But God is preserving him in this place to bring about something in his life. He prepared this fish for Jonah. When did he prepare it? I don't know when he prepared it, but the Bible said God had prepared. You know, I I read over in the book of Luke chapter 15 that the prodigal son, when he came home, you know what the Bible said? Go get the fatted calf. They didn't start fattening it that day, did they? I tell you, there was an expectation and the Word of God said that God prepared. The Word means to appoint or appointed Job in Job chapter 7 and verse number 3. Listen to these same words. It's the same words in Job chapter 7, verse number 3. So is God in the arrangements? So I am made to possess months of vanity, and wearisome nights are appointed to me. God had this fish fixed for Jonah with a purpose in mind. Whatever comes in our lives, God has a purpose in that. There's no chaos with God. There is no uncertainty with God. God has declared the end from the beginning and all of the means that brings us to the end, God's in the working of that. He worketh all things by the counsel of His own will. So Jonah says, I cried by reason of mine affliction. You know, here's Jonah as a son. Where is he? I I, I think you could say this. He's being chastened by God. He's not being killed as not as an enemy he's not being snuffed out as someone who doesn't know god but he is under affliction he is under trial he's under under chastening by god the father he said i cried then jonah prayed unto the lord his god out of the fish's belly and said i cried by reason of mine affliction unto the lord and he heard me How in the world did He hear Him? How did He hear Him? Him in the bottom of the sea, in the belly of a fish, how did He hear Him? I tell you, it came from within, didn't it? There was was a voice that came from without of Jonah. It wasn't, you know, I've heard, even heard people railed on because they didn't pray loud or, or they didn't pray a certain way or they didn't pray a certain length. But you know, here is Jonah. What a place to pray. A friend on the bottom of the ocean floor uh, with the waves and the billows over him with the sea reeds wrapped around his head and he said, God heard my cry. I say this, that Hannah prayed in the temple and Eli barked her mouth and there was no words came out. But I tell you what she did. She said, I am praying in bitterness of soul. I have poured out my soul unto the Lord. 
a Jonah has got to the place that he is pouring out his heart and his soul unto the Lord. God has brought him to this place of bitterness. God has brought him to this place of affliction. God has brought him here. And God had a purpose in bringing him here. What's the purpose? Well, what I see is the purpose is that I'm going to thank God. The purpose is that salvation is of the Lord. The purpose is that I'm going to pray. The purpose is that I'm going to come to God. My prayer is going to come before God. I I, I cried, I cried, and, and, and Thou hurtest me, past tense, and Thou, for Thou has cast me into the deep. Do you see that? Look at verse 15, chapter 1. So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from her waging. Who cast him forth? The mariners. Who did Jonah say cast him forth? Who did Jonah say cast him into the sea? That's the way that it really is, folks. That's the way that it really is. The Word of God, for thou. For who? I cried by reason unto the Lord, and He heard me out of the belly of hell. I cried, and thou heardest my voice. Thou hast cast me. Who? The Lord. Thou hast cast me into the deep. Lord, You cast me into the deep. You've cast me into the midst of the sea, into the heart of the sea, and the floods compass me. Uh, 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 about me, all thy billows and thy waves passed over me. You know, it's that same thing that Ronnie talked about when he preached out of, uh, out of uh, Psalm number 42, where he said, Deep calleth unto deep. Deep unto deep. You know what it was? Our friend, I believe it was, our friend, when he was cast into the sea, our friend, it was billow after billow after billow uh, that was coming over him. He went down into the fish's belly and down into the bottom of the sea. And you know why? It was trouble and trouble and trouble and trouble and trouble and wave after wave. And friend, it was sorrow after sorrow. Uh, but what was he doing? I tell you, God was bringing him to his purpose. He is with us as well. With all of us as well. You belong to God. And I say this even for a lost person. God brings us this way. He does. He brings us this way. You know, Jonah's not going to, Jonah's not going to Nineveh. Jonah's going to Nineveh. God purposed and said, Jonah, you're going to Nineveh and cry against their wickedness. Jonah is going to Nineveh. Is God's purpose going to be full because Jonah's going to Tarshish? Is God's purpose going to be full because uh, the mariners cast him into the sea? <laughs> no, ma'am, and no, sir. I tell you, Jonah realized this, and Job realized this. God, it's you. 
It's you, Lord. You're the one that took away everything that I had. God, you're the one that brought me forth. Naked came I into the world, and naked shall I turn. I return you gave, and you take away. He didn't accredit it to the devil. He didn't accredit it to the Sebians. He didn't accredit it to the Philistines. He didn't accredit it to the weather and the wind. He accredited every bit to God. I have to think that way too, you know? Thou, for thou hast cast me into the deep, in the midst of the seas, and the floods compass me. About and all thy billows and thy waves passed over me. God brought me here. Lord, it's you that brought me here. I'm here because of you, Lord. I'm here because you had a purpose in this. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight. Well, it's hopeless, isn't it? What about that next word? Yet? Surely? Surely, that's what it means. Surely, I will look again. <laughs> Lord, You drove me out. That's that same word. He cast him out. That's that same word used in the book of Genesis when God drove Adam out of the garden. God, You drove me away from Your presence. Isn't it something? Isn't it something that, that Jonah goes away from God's presence? Jonah flees from God's presence. He tells the mariners he's fleeing from God's presence. And then he gets down into the depths of the sea and he said, Lord, you cast me away from your presence yet. Lord, I'm cast away. I can't see you. It feels as though and it seems as though I'm unable to see you, to feel your presence. I don't know that you're anywhere around. But God, I know the reason I'm here is because you put me here. And yet, God, I'm cast out of your presence. Yet will I call on you. Yet, surely, would you say this? Yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. Was there an expectation? You know, this, this is quite a book, really. This has got quite a bit of theology in it. Quite a bit of what Jonah really thought about the grace and the goodness and the kindness and the forgiveness of God. And you know, even after this, Jonah's mad because God saved the Ninevites. I, I, we, don't, I don't, we don't have time to look there. But there's a, there's a whole lot said in this little book. But let's think just a little more. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight. I'm cast out of your sight, Lord. But yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. <laughs> you know what the Bible said? That Daniel, when they passed that uh, uh, law, 
And they said, no more praying. The Bible said that Daniel went up into his room, into his chamber, into his chamber, his windows being opened toward Jerusalem. You know where that came from? That came out of the book of 1 Kings when Solomon was praying. And he said, God, uh, God, if we, if, if we pray and we seek after You, God, will You hear that Thine eyes may be opened toward this house night and day, even toward the place which Thou hast said, I pray my name shall be there and thou mayest hearken unto the prayer which thy servant shall make toward this place and hearken to the supplications of thy servant and of thy people Israel when they shall pray toward this place and hear thou in heaven thy dwelling place and when thou hearest forgive reckon Jonah read that there's more if thy people go out to battle against their enemy, whithersoever thou shalt send them, and shall pray unto the Lord toward the city which thou hast chosen, and toward the house which I have built for thy name, then hear thou in heaven their prayer and their supplications, and maintain their cause if they sin against thee. If they sin against thee, for there is no man that sinneth not, and thou be angry with them, and deliver them to the enemy, so that they carry them away captive. Is Jonah a captive? Jonah's a captive. Uh, Jonah is inside the, uh, the, the whale, the fish, the shark, uh, the dogfish, whatever it may be. Uh, Jonah is in a place of affliction, and Jonah is there by the providence and by the purpose of God, and Jonah cries out of the belly of hell, and God hears him. I don't believe he's necessary. He has no idea which way Jerusalem is, does he? But I tell you, I believe he knows this. I believe that he knows God is up. I believe that he knows the God that has been merciful. I, 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 I'm cast out of your sight yet. Yet I have an expectation. He says that in chapter 4. Lord, I knew when I was in Tarsus. I knew when I was in Joppa before I ever went to Tarshish, you was kind. You was gracious. You was loving. You was merciful. Boy, you reckon that's a good thought right now? In the belly of hell, in the bottom of the ocean, out where the mountains are, he's come to the bottom of the mountains. Uh, friend, he's come to the bottom of the ocean, and the Bible says, and the bars, and the bars were about me. I tell you, friend, he's locked up in a prison, and he says, Yet, yet I will look unto thee. Yet I will raise my eyes toward Jerusalem. Yet I shall look unto the God that is merciful and kind and a God of long suffering and a God whose servant I am. Then said, I am cast out of thy sight yet. Yet will I look again toward thy holy temple. The waters come past me about. You see, that's, 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 that's past tense. He's writing all of this after he's been delivered. 
The waters come past me about even to the soul. The depths closed round about me. The weeds were around my head. I went down to the bottoms of the mountain. There's no lower place. I believe we ought to look at that spiritually. I believe we ought to look and we ought to think, you know, I don't know if I've ever been in a lower place than where I am right now. I don't know if I've ever been in a place where I felt farther away from God, farther away from the presence, farther away from the favor of God. But I'll tell you this thing, He's there. He's there. And you know what He said? Yet, yet I will look unto thy holy place. Yet I'll look into your holy temple. Oh God, I'm down to the bottom of the mountains. I'm in the bottom of the sea. And the seaweeds are wrapped around me. And it looks like I'm going to strangle and I'm going to drown right here. Spiritually. Yet. I went down to the bottoms of the mountain. The earth with her bars was about me. He shut in, folks. There's no way to escape. You think it's normal for a fish to vomit up on the land? This is God's working. I went down to the bottoms of the mountain. The earth with her bars were about me. He's talking about being in a prison. Yet. There's that little word again. God. God, I'm at the bottom of the mountain. The bars, the prison doors are shut around me. Yet Thou hast brought up my life from corruption. Lord, Thou hast... Thou hast. God, that's where I was. You brought me up out of the pit. Out of a horrible pit in Psalms number 40. A God came down and came down to where I was and lifted me up and brought me out of a horrible pit. That's the same word right here, that pit. A friend, God brought him out of there. A friend, God brought him to that to bring him out. You say, why did, why did, why did, why did he have to take him down there? Why didn't he have to go all the way down there? Why couldn't God just deliver him? There'd be no praise. There'd be no honor in the vows that he made. There'd be no glory that God is the God of salvation. Salvation is of the Lord. There'd be no praying. God prepared this fish with a purpose. God prepares all things with a purpose. I went down, thou, thou, but thou. About me, her her bars were about me yet. Yet. Oh, I thought I was going to die. I thought that I was going to die right here with the bars. And, and, And the Bible said, but thou has brought my life up from the pit, from corruption. Lord, you brought me up. You brought me to the place. He's going to say it now. He's going to say how that happened. When my soul fainted, when my soul was overcovered, when my soul, when it looked like, 
when it looked like there was a covering come over my eyes, over my mind, when it looked like I was just about to pass up and I was just about to pass out and I was just about to die. God, when I was in dizziness, God, when I was overwhelmed, when I could not find any hope, when it looked like all hope was gone, Paul said when all hope was gone, you know how long that had been? 14 days and nights with no sun, no moon, no stars, no direction, nothing to look at. Praise God, he said, when all hope was taken away, then God came by. What happened? Paul prayed. I tell you, there's a purpose, folks, to bring us to the place there's no alternative. He's the only alternative. We're always looking for another way. It's a truth. That's man. Well, if this had happened, if someone would do this, if someone would do that, if this hadn't happened, if this would happen, if this could uh, uh, take place, then it, I, I tell you, God's not interested in that. God is interested in me and you getting to the place that He is the only thing. There is no other hope. When all hope was taken away uh, that we should be saved, after a long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and he said, Men, uh, men there's nobody going to die. The angel of God whose I am and whom I serve told me so. You know, this ought to help us. But if my mind and my heart is shut to it, there'll be no help. But let me tell you this. God will prepare another fish. Jehoiakim cut the roll up, didn't he? He cut the Word of God up and threw it in the fire. Jeremiah wrote another word. He wrote another roll. And he added more to it. God help me. God help me to realize, Lord, You're the one that cast me in. It may be that the mariners threw me over, but it was You, God. You was behind it. You was the one doing it. You're the one that's delivered me. You're the one that's the one that I look to. Lord, when I'm down on the bottom and it looks like I'm shut up in a prison and there is absolutely no way out, God, when all hope is gone. That's what the book says. Listen at it. This one little verse right here. When my soul fainted, so the word means feeble, overwhelmed, covered over. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. <laughs> I remembered the Lord. You know what the prodigal son said? And he would have fain filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat. And he came to himself. Wonder who caused that. And he remembered down at my father's house, the servants 
have got plenty. And here I am. Here I am in the hog pen. And, and right at the point, i tell you where he's at. He's fainting. He is just about when my soul fainted within me, when my eyes was glazed over, when my brain, I had run out of solutions, when I was overwhelmed, when it was absolutely hopeless. Thank God I remember the Lord. Have you remembered the Lord? Have you remembered that the Lord's in control? Have you remembered the graciousness of the Lord? Have you remembered this, friend? That if God would hear a Jonah who was completely and totally out of the will of God, would He not hear you? When I fainted, when my soul fainted, not my natural man, when my soul fainted, when my inner man fainted, when I run out of hope within me, when I run out of hope in humanity, when I run out of hope in myself and all of the things that I could work and the people around me could work, when I run out of solutions and run out of a friend any other way, when I came to the place that it was hopeless and I was overwhelmed, I remembered the Lord. You know what that tells me? That tells me He had forgotten the Lord. Is that not what that says to you? Does that not say that he had forgotten the Lord? I tell you what he wanted to do. He wanted to flee from the presence of the Lord. That's what the book says. That's what the flesh wants to do. But when your soul faints, when you run out of options, when you run out of all and you exhaust yourself, you know, uh, 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 through exhaustion or heat stroke or sunstroke, I tell you what, you can pass out. You can lose enough water, enough sweat. A friend get hot enough, get exhausted enough, and friend, the eyes will roll back in the head, and you're going out. That's where Jonah is spiritually. When my soul fainted within me. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. The Lord that I had forgotten. The Lord that I fled from. The Lord that I said, God, how in the world could you allow this to happen? Lord, how could I be here? Lord, I'm your son. I know I disobeyed you. I know I went the wrong way. But how in the world, Lord, did I get into the bottom of the ocean? I was sea reeds wrapped around my head and deep calleth unto deep and over and over and over and more and more trouble comes to me. I tell you what happened. I forgot the Lord. But He's got me to a place that I remembered the Lord. I remembered the Lord. And my prayer came unto thee. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord and my prayer come unto thee into thine holy temple. God got him to a place to pray, didn't he? This is real prayer out of the belly of a fish. 
He said, out of the belly of hell, out of the womb of hell, out of the womb of death, out of the womb of no hope, out of womb of being unto the bottom of the mountains with sea reeds wrapped around your head and the bars of the prison around you. Can you imagine this? Can you imagine the rib cage of the animal that he was in? You talk about the bars of death. He was there. I remembered the Lord. And my prayer came unto thee. My prayer, my prayer came. I remembered the Lord and my prayer came unto thee in thine holy temple. How in the world could that be? How could it be? Well, again, Hannah said, in bitterness of soul, she prayed. She said a little farther down, I have poured out my soul before the Lord. I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. Where's Jonah? I tell you, he's fainted. He's without any hope. Let's read a scripture. You'll you'll know it very well if you want to turn. It's in the book of James 5.16. Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another. Pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. To what? If I'm doing good, if I'm doing right, I'm dotting all the I's and crossing all the T's, God hear me. That's what we think, isn't it? That's what we think. <coughs> The story we're reading in Jonah is an absolute contradiction to that. Isn't it? Isn't it? When do I need grace? When do I need mercy? When everything's clicking along great? When I'm in the will of God? Or when I fail? When I fall? When I faint? When I mess up? When I sin? When do I need to come boldly to the throne of grace? I'll tell you, there's only one that's righteous. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. Let me tell you this. Jonah's not righteous in the sense that he's done the right thing. But he is righteous in this sense that he is a son of God. He is a servant of God. He does belong to God. That's what makes you righteous. I'm not saying live like the devil. If I hide iniquity in my heart, thou will not hear me. How do we put all these together? I tell you what Jonah's done. Jonah's come to confess the truth. Jonah's come to the place, there's no hidden iniquity. 
He had hidden iniquity in the early part of chapter 1. But God has brought him to the belly of a fish. And God has brought Jonah to a place that he's going to pour out his heart. And his soul is going to faint within him. He's going to get true with God. But there's more to this. The effectual fervent prayer. That word effectual, it means energized. It means this, an inward work. To work inwardly. Energized or inwrought to work. How could that work be wrought? Was that work wrought by Jonah? No. No. God prepared a fish to bring Jonah to the place that he would pray. How do we pray? We're energized by the Holy Spirit of God. We're energized by our circumstance and by our helplessness and by our, our fainting and by the place that we're out absolutely out of hope and out of avenues and out of solutions. And we come to the place and you know what we say? Yes! Yet I will look unto thee. Then I remembered the Lord. That's what we're doing. I tell you, thank God you and I have got a word from God. And you know what we ought to do? We ought to take that inspired, spirit-breathed word of God and we ought to run with that because that's what God helps us to do to be able to pray. God has to work in you. He's going to talk about Elijah right here. The effectual fervent prayer, that fervent means burning with a zeal, with a desire. Not a cold, dried up, nothing. I tell you, was something burning and stirring in your heart uh, that the Holy Ghost of God wrought in you. Look a little more with me. Elias, he's talking about Elijah, was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years, six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Quite a man, ain't he? What a man. Go with me. Go with me to 1 Kings chapter 17. <coughs> what? He's there in chapter 18. But listen to the Word. First words in chapter 17. 1 Kings chapter 17. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall be no dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. Well, it's, it's, it's Elijah doing it. Read the first verse in chapter 18. And it came to pass after many days, three years and six months, that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go shew thyself unto Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. Now James said that the fervent Effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. 
He killed the prophets. Slew them with a sword. Then he and his servant went up on the mountain and he bowed down on his face and he prayed. Didn't he? Who instigated that prayer? Chapter 18, verse 1 is what instigated that prayer. God said, I'm going to bring rain. Not without you praying. Not without your prayers. But God said, I'm going to bring rain. I believe God said we don't read it. But if God's the same in chapter 1, chapter 18, verse 1, I believe He's the same God in chapter 17, verse 1, it was because God said, you tell Ahab, I'm not going to let it rain. You tell Ahab, I said there'll be no rain. And He said that. And I'll tell you why Elijah prayed, why he was stirred to pray, and he prayed seven times. He sent his servant because God said it's going to rain. He did not conjure that up in himself. You might throw that away. That's all right with me. You throw it away, and you're throwing away the blessings of God. You're throwing away the Word of God. Look in Psalm chapter 10, verse 17. Lord, thou hast heard the desire of the humble. Thou will prepare their heart. Thou will cause thine ear to hear. My God, if that ain't God, I don't know, I don't know what is. <laughs> you know who caused Jonah to pray? God did. You know why Elijah went up on the mountain and prayed seven times and his servant come back number seven and said, I see a little cloud about the size of a man's hand. Get down. Get down. There's God coming through, not without my praying, not without my submission, not without me being a part of it, but God said, Elijah, you go tell Ahab, I'm going to send rain. And Ahab, our friend, God's going to send rain and God is going to write down to us in the book of James that the effectual fervent prayer, that inwrought work, that work, that energizing of the Holy Spirit, that energizing of the Word of God caused Elijah to pray that way. You see, God's working to bring us to this. I wish you, if you got a pen, I wish you would write down Psalm 10, verse 17, and you would study on that. God puts it in the heart, and then He's going to answer what He put in the heart. That's what, that's what He said. Here's Jonah at the end. They that observe lying vanities. You know what Jonah's going to do? Jonah thinks he can get away from God. Jonah thinks it'll be better to go to Tarshish than to follow God. Jonah thinks that he can get him to throw him over and just, I mean, just a matter of a minute or a minute or two, he's going to be dead. No. 
No, I tell you, God still got his hand on him. Job could not even die unless God moved his hand from him. That's a big God, isn't it? So, with what's going on, your life, my life, you as an individual, is God in control? I believe He is. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. I believe He's saying this. Hear me. Hear me. Hear me from experience. Don't go down the road of lying vanities. You know who the Father of mercy is? The Lord. Forsake their own mercies. If I forsake God, I'm headed down a road of absolute destruction, affliction, turmoil. But know this. If God would hear this man in disobedience, in rebellion, if God would hear him when his heart was brought to a place of fainting and no other hope, would he not hear us? If you're righteous, it's because of Jesus. And if you can pray, it's because God has wrought a work in you. It is. I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice. He's going to praise God. I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed. Salvation, deliverance, rescue is from the Lord. Is of the Lord. He's the source.